Straight Cash is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That can get you into the door for a Vikings game for way less than you would otherwise pay. Not only that, you can buy tickets through the GameTime app using only two quick clicks you can view your seat what it would look like your panorama view from the spots it really is the best place to buy tickets whether you're going to a timberwolves game or a wild game or or the vikings or heck if you want to try to somehow get tickets to this upcoming gophers badgers game uh a good luck but b if there's a way to do it it's with the game time app the game time app is simple quick and easy to navigate Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. If you don't run checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Straight Cash Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chad Graff. Thrilled to be joined for this episode by our esteemed Seahawks writer, Michael Sean Dugar. Michael, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. Uh, Seahawks are winning games, so people are reading stories, <laughs> and that's uh, that's all I'm here for, you know? Yeah, should be a, a fun game between the Vikings and the Seahawks on Monday night, a year after you know, what was a very eventful Monday night game for them, really a defensive struggle. Afterwards, the Vikings, of course, fired their offensive coordinator, John Filippo. In comes Kevin Stefanski, and now the whole operation looks drastically different. But before we get to the game, this is Thanksgiving week. So, Michael, what, what do Seahawks fans have to be thankful for this Thanksgiving? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Uh, for yeah, one, well, there's that. Because yeah. uh, I don't, I, I don't know how often fans like look at the QB play across the league. Like that's what I do when I, wherever the Seahawks play, like in prime time or they have a week off. I just sit and watch games. What I'm really looking at is the QB play, and my goodness, it is bad across the league, man. <laughs> and it ha- and it has been for years. Uh, and so to for the Seahawks to have a a, a consistent dude like uh, Russell Wilson, man, that's that's the number one thing they got to be thankful for because it could be so much, so much worse out there. Well, as someone who watched Christian Ponder and Josh Freeman uh, and a whole host of options for the Vikings, let me just say Seahawks fans should be very, very thankful. Frankly, I think Russell Wilson deserves even more MVP love than he's gotten. He's certainly gotten plenty of it, uh, but the Lamar Jackson you know, hype train is, is going full steam and deservedly so. The guy is unreal, but... In your eyes, you know, what has Russell Wilson done to put himself uh, in the MVP discussion this year? He's just so efficient, man. I, I, I forget what his completion percentage is right now, but if you go look at all, like, the next-gen stats with, like, how hard the completions are uh, that he gets, you know, he's one of those guys who's super efficient but still throws it downfield. He's not like, you know, check down Charlie or anything. Like, he lets it fly, uh, and he's completing it at a high rate. And, I mean, for the most part, he doesn't have, like, he doesn't, like in Minnesota, like, you look at who Kirk's throwing to. Right? This is a studs. Tyler Lockett is a stud. DK Metcalf is, like, a stud in training. But for the <laughs> most part, uh, Russ is just throwing to dudes, man. Like, dudes I think are talented, but they're not guys like anyone would think is, like, the best set of uh, receivers in the league. So that that's part of it, and his ball security is really good. I mean, that's that's what separates you know what I think from the good quarterbacks from like 
the great ones is how well you take care of the ball. I, me and my uh, my number two on the Seahawks, Aaron Finches, we were just joking like, man, Jameis Winston's going to throw 30 picks <laughs> this year and right, then have like right. 35 touchdowns. That's <laughs> insane. Meanwhile, Russ is, I think, at like 24 touchdowns and like three picks. You know, while still, like I said, taking risk and completing hard passes. So I, I think the combination of all of those things is like making him one of the best players in the league this year. Yeah, that's something that the Vikings really echoed. Both Mike Zimmer came out and said that he's just been so impressed by Russell Wilson, said he throws an unbelievable deep ball. And then when Kirk Cousins was talking about it, we asked Kirk a little bit about what makes Russell stand out. And he was like, look, you know, I don't want to say anything bad because every single thing this guy does is good. But what he does especially well is play off schedule, play off the run, when things break down, make a play. And even then, Kirk Cousins noted, he's still not making mistakes. Like he could be flushed out throwing basically across his body, doing something you're told not to do, and it works out for him. He just takes care of the ball and and really um, moves it downfield well. I I do want to ask you about one of those wide receivers you mentioned, DK Metcalf, who I think was one of the players that, you know, was probably most fascinating coming out of the scouting combine, puts up just ridiculous numbers at the combine, looks like a freak, just built ridiculous. Um, I, I think it was even Pete Carroll took his shirt off when, uh, they had their interview with him in Indianapolis. What do you make of DK Metcalf? How did the Seahawks get him? What did they like? Um, and what have they seen this season? Like no one's talked about anything other uh, than the shirtless encounter they had at the combine. So it's I'm under the impression that just <laughs> DK walked in there with his shirt off. Pete Carroll was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm 67, but I don't care. Always compete. Took his off. And then they were like, we're drafting this kid. Because <laughs> like, no one's actually said uh, anything other, other than that. That was just so wild. Like that's that lets you in like Pete Carroll's psyche. Like he's the type of dude that he took it as a personal challenge. You know that that dude came in there with his with his shirt off. He's like, I don't care that I haven't you know probably done push ups you know since the seventies. I am gonna take my shirt off as well. It was it was just wild. But uh, the Seahawks, man. So here's the thing with DK. There was a lot as you remember about whether he could run routes. I think his three cone um, drill was like super bad. Uh, just his whole lateral movement was just under fire, which is fine. I mean, it's the draft. Everything guys do is under fire. Lamar Jackson was under fire, and look at all those idiots. Uh, but right. DK, what I've always you know admired is like, look, man, that dude is six three. He's like two twenty five. He's like two percent body fat, and he ran like a four three something. I don't care if the dude can't can't uh, you know just run sideways at all. Just run straight, man. And if you do that better than the defense you'll be fine. And what do you know? He catches a ton of deep balls. You know, he's, he's, I don't care how good he runs like this intermediate stuff. He's not, he don't have to be dealing uh Thielen or Diggs or Lockett, man. If you, if you're that big and you're that fast and you just run straight, you'll be fine, man. Deshaun Jackson, I know he's hurt right now, but he's been running straight for like a decade. <laughs> he's been really good at right. running straight. You look at some <laughs> other guys who's been good at that. Mike Wallace, uh, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill is basically killing by running, uh, running straight he's just doing it faster than everyone else so I mean once you you know Hollywood Brown is uh, kind of similar over there in, in Baltimore now when you're just good at running straight if you're elite at it then you'll be fine in this league and you see I think DK's got like what 600 yards five touchdowns already in 11 games like yeah he'll he'll be fine yeah uh let's talk a, you know a little bit about you and just give listeners a, a sense of who you are where you came from this is your second season covering the Seahawks for the athletic co-host of the man-to-man podcast what were you doing before the athletic? How long have you been around the Seahawks? Give us the lowdown on your situation. Uh, well, I was in. Uh, well, Chad, you mentioned you you said you shoveled some snow recently over there. I did. Uh, yes, in the in the Midwest. See, I was in uh, Northern <laughs> Idaho 
before okay. I got here covering the Idaho Vandals, uh, the first team, I think, to ever voluntarily go from the FBS to the FCS, uh, which was a very <laughs> weird move. And it was just everything over there uh, was was just a just a mess. Uh, thankfully, I got out of there, came back over to Seattle, where I'm from. Like, I grew up in Seattle. I didn't necessarily grow up a Seahawks fan, grew up a big Sonics fan. I still have a Kevin Durant bobblehead mm. uh, somewhere oh, no. at my parents' house from 2007. Uh, yeah, I don't hate the Thunder like a lot of other homies do, but right. I mean, I just love NBA basketball. I got to go when I was in Philly last week. I just saw the Sixers and the Heat. Uh, that was cool. And then I saw the Hawks versus the Magic in the Hawks season opener, uh, or the, their home opener this year. Those are my first two NBA games since 2007. Uh, so really big, wow. big basketball guy. Yeah, man, it's been it's been such a drought. You know, a lot of people will drive down to Portland because Portland's about. Mm, three hours from here so you catch a catch a game there i sure. just yeah i i just didn't have it didn't have it in me but uh so yeah 2017 i started covering the seahawks for the seattle pi uh switched over to the athletic when the company came calling got over my fear of flying uh <laughs> after a few weeks as you know man you don't really have a choice you, you got to get to work <laughs> you got to get yep. on the plane uh yeah yeah so uh since since then uh, been on the beat, but so I guess technically I'm like in year three. Got that veteran status now, you know. They don't need they don't there need to check know. ID when I walk into the practice facility. <laughs> you know, it feels uh, feel, feels good. You know, uh, as you know, man, you get a lot of people who are just I don't know. Maybe this doesn't happen in Minnesota, but like the TV guys are only there like once or twice a week, and you get a national guy pop in every you know once a month when your team's hot. But like when you're there every day, you know the guys respect you, they know you, they they kind of separate you from the media, quote unquote, like you know the people who say the hot takes about them and and write all the bad stuff or say stuff on the radio where they know when like a national guy says something on TV and that's not us. You know they can separate that, and that's really nice because you know. People get on TV and spew some stuff, man, and then we got to deal with that <laughs> the the next day. So it's been nice to just kind of be a, a a vet in the room almost. Yeah, and so for Vikings fans, make sure you're reading Michael Sean's work at The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber, you can do so for 40% off at theathletic.com slash straight cash. Michael, uh, you mentioned the uh, the Sonics weaving. How old were you then, and and how were you not like super bitter? How did you not hate the Thunder after that? Um, let's see. The Sonics left in two thousand seven, so I was let's see. It was like July two thousand seven, right before my birthday. So I was probably fourteen. I think I was fourteen. Uh, I mean, I was I was you're upset, young. but it's the thing. Like, uh, there was a lot of politics that went on with that. And when you're fourteen, I don't think I was a freshman right. in high school or about <laughs> right. to be a, a sophomore. I wasn't really worried about the the why and all that. I just was like, man, we just lost our team, you know. But then you're fourteen, right. you got other stuff you're worried about, you know, clothes being cool, <laughs> girls. I wanted to get my license really bad. Other things going on in my fourteen year old mind. Uh, but also, I just it's really hard for me to like hate uh, people, you know, like even. Even like uh, it's rivalry week over here. I went to Washington State and we play uh, University of Washington every year in the Apple Cup. They smoke us pretty much every year. We're going to win this week, uh, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but, you know, I don't hate the I don't hate the Huskies. You know, my friends all hate the Huskies and it's F the Huskies every week. And it's, you know, I just I don't really care. Uh, I like my team. I feel like positive energy is is better than the negative energy so like i don't hate the thunder yeah is it cool that they never won the finals sure uh, but i would really like it if the sonics uh were in the finals you know that hating hating people or opponents or cities or teams or players 
or or whatever, you know, except when you get players kicking other people in the groin and stuff like Draymond was doing. You can hate those type of people. But for the most part, I just don't. Oh, hey, I believe a lot of like positive energy, you know, is, is a lot stronger than negative stuff. Yeah. And I covered the NHL, I think, as a lot of listeners know, for, you know, a number four or five years. Now Seattle is coming into the NHL. Is there noticeable excitement there? Or is it still kind of, hey, there's there's no real team yet? What are we going to get too excited about? Oh, that's a good question. No, I mean the hype is hype is real over here for the uh, NHL. Like this is a this is a sports town. I feel like it's becoming more of. I mean, it's really been a baseball town. Like people love the Seahawks here, but you go back historically, like if the Mariners won the World Series, then the city would burn down. Right, like the Seahawks win a Super Bowl again, like we'll lose a couple fixtures, you know, some buildings. Like we'll have no more Seattle. Only thing left will be a big Amazon headquarters if the Mariners right. win the the World Series. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of love for all our, I want to say, quote unquote, like other sports. You know, there's a lot of buzz for the hockey team. I think the season tickets sold out in like 20 minutes uh, or something like that. Uh, a lot of love for we got a rugby team here that's won the MLR uh, Cup or whatever the last two seasons. Uh, the Sounders just won the MLS Cup for the. That's Second right. They're time always in good. four years, uh, I think. Yeah, no, the, the, there's a lot of love for the other, you know, sports. When the Huskies went to the uh, college football playoff in 2016, even when the UW women's basketball team went to the Final Four in uh, Kelsey Plum's senior year. Like, there's just a lot of love for all the other sports, uh, too. There will be for hockey, too. It'll, it'll be crazy. Uh, I'm actually hoping that one of our uh, hockey writers at The Athletic, uh, Ryan Clark, who does the Avalanche, I hope he nope. teach he can teach me hockey because I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, so hopefully I can get caught up. Maybe Chad, you can help too, teaching me the rules and everything, so I can go to the games and like be knowing what's going on. I, I can't <laughs> wait for that because yeah, those hockey games. I've never been to one, but everyone tells me like the live experience is crazy. So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, hockey's definitely you know one of it, if not maybe the only sport now with how good football is on TV and, and basketball is really good on TV. Hockey's one of the few that I think you really appreciate it more when you're in person and just see how fast they're flying around and, and all of that. So, uh, you know, definitely be on the lookout for that. And, and just beyond that, the athletic Seattle, I think is really doing a ton of cool things. You you've written some awesome stuff that people should check out. Uh, your, you know, I, I wouldn't call him your partner on the Seahawks, but one of you're the features writers over there. Jason Jenks has done some unbelievable stories, including he's the guy who did the story, uh, you know, uh, that ended up being Board Man Gets Paid. He wrote an awesome story on Mike Weech. You mentioned your alma mater at Wazoo. Um, so, so check his stuff out as well. But one of, uh, you know, I think the other interesting parts of this is that there are a lot of Vikings fans who went to the University of Wisconsin and thus are big Russell Wilson fans. What has it been like to cover Russell Wilson? He's, you know, I think he's really grown in status, obviously dating. I can't even remember if he's dating or married to Sierra now. Um, but how have you seen him sort of grow in the three years that you've been around the team? Uh, there's a lot of ways he's grown. And I've been following him since, you know, they they drafted him in 2012. And yeah, there's a lot of growth in a lot of different ways. There's there's like the the outside I don't say outside, like external, like how he dresses is so much different. Like you can Google a Russell <laughs> Wilson picture from like 2013 and you, you can, there's definitely like a pre Sierra, like Russ <laughs> and then a post Sierra Russ where he's got like <laughs> designers or whatever. Cause he's, he got a lot, he got a lot more fly when he started. Uh, he's married to Sierra by the way. So uh, okay, yeah, once, okay. once that happened, you could just tell like uh, the personality has like grown uh, over the years. He's just, it's kind of more embraced that he's a little bit robotic uh, and like he says go Hawks after every press conference like every single time it's like he's programmed like uh, to say it 
uh, man, he's just he's uh, actually Jenks. You want to mention Jenks? He wrote a story about like what makes Russell tick that way. Uh, I think, but it's weird. Some things have grown over the years, like that, and uh, just his like external self, like oh how he like uh, he looks and things like that. But people who you know followed him in Wisconsin, even back to NC State, can tell you that some things have just been you know really consistent. Just how he kind of presents himself professionally. Uh, even the way he plays uh, has been, you know, really consistent. Kind of how his teammates have viewed him, his work ethic, all that stuff. Like I did a story this past off season uh, on the summer he spent playing minor league baseball uh, over here in a small town mm. in the middle of the state in Washington. Uh, and I talked to a bunch of his teammates there who only knew him for like forty days max, for real. And some of the stories that they'll tell you are the same stuff that people would tell you who knew him at NC State or or Wisconsin or guys who were with him on the Super Bowl teams, just like. The only thing that matters to this dude is being great and winning and like trying to change the world. And it's it sounds kind of cheesy when you put it that way. Like that's definitely like the opening to like some Marvel movie. But that's really <laughs> Russ. <laughs> like he's just like I'm gonna be great. I'm gonna win. And you know let's change the world on, on the way. Like you know you know cut to credits. Like that that's Russ. And that's it's kind of weird. But the more you think about it, if anyone's gonna be like that, you want it to be the guy who touches the ball every play. Like that's why when I you asked me what. Seahawks fans to be thankful for. It's Russ in that way, too. Yeah, that, that's outstanding. And even hearing all those stories reminded me that uh, at the owners' meetings this spring, it was in Arizona, this beautiful big hotel, the Bitmore Hotel. It's one of these big, massive resort spa hotels that's so big that they actually have a designated Uber, Lyft, rideshare area for pickup. So I'm leaving, you know, we've just talked to Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and whoever, and it's time to, you know, essentially go back to the hotel and write. So I order my lift and go outside to go catch the ride. And I'm following the signs to the rideshare pickup. And the person, you know, right in front of the sign that says, hey, rideshare pickup right here happens to be Russell Wilson, Sierra, and Pete Carroll. And the three of them are just kind of talking, hanging out. I can't remember exactly why Russell Wilson was at the owner's meetings, but he was there with his wife and just you know, shooting the breeze with Pete Carroll. And there were two massive security guards right next to them. And so I'm trying to stand there, like flag my Lyft driver down. And these security guards are, hey, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. There's no loitering here. And I'm like, God, you're standing in front of the rideshare area. This is where I need to be. So I hop into my ride and uh, my Lyft driver, he's wearing a Julio Jones jersey, looks out, you know, he looks out the window, sees me. I get in the car, he stops, he goes, that's not who I think it is, right? And I'm thinking he's going to say, you know, look, that's Pete Carroll or look, that's Russell Wilson. He goes, that's Sierra. And I was like, yeah, that's Sierra. And he goes, oh, man, <laughs> you should have told me. I would have pulled up with like one two-step plane or something. Uh, but it was <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You know, actually that same day, that same moment, uh, Chad, is when uh, I met Sierra for the first time, probably like 10 oh, minutes yeah? before that happened. What you're talking about. Yeah, because that's, you know, that, that baseball story I mentioned, that's when I did the first interview for it when they were walking right, to the right. car. Uh, yeah, so that's when I did my that's first funny. interview. And right before I talked to Russ, I said, hi. You know, we shook hands. She's like, uh, I'm like, hey, my name's Mike. She's like, oh, I'm Sierra. And I'm in my head, I'm like, duh. I'm Sierra. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I kept a little audio of that five-second interaction, did. too. I'm never deleting it. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness, man. I've been it's a fan of Sierra since I was like 12 years old. Oh, yeah. That's no, it's not going anywhere. You didn't man. talk to her not for the all. story, did you? No, because it was just like Russell playing minor league baseball, right? And I, I was only right, given, right. like, in terms of an interview, the, the PR dude was like, look, you have until he gets out of the hotel to the walk to his car. That's all you got. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's all I need. I needed a lot more, but I was like, you know, I'll take yeah. it. And I was like, yeah, hey, my name's Mike. He's like, hi, I'm Sierra. Nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, man, now I can die. <laughs> like, that was great.
<laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So that must have been like five minutes before I saw him, which is funny. Um, and, and of course, even seeing them there and seeing Pete Carroll is just, you know, seems like this super relaxed, fun guy it is covering him as fun as I, you know, am imagining or, you know, like all head coaches or is it, you know, can it be sometimes like pulling teeth? Oh, with Pete, uh, uh Pete covering Pete is, uh, is great. Uh, it's, you know, like one day, you know, cause every day they have a, um, there's like a stationary basketball hoop. Uh, in the uh, meeting room and it's the auditorium where we do all our press conferences and stuff like so every day I'll go in there and like shoot a free throw uh, and all the guys make fun of me if I really? make it or miss it uh, yeah no it's it's really <laughs> great like one of the guys in there he like keeps track of like my, my my shooting uh, percentage there I keep telling him dude you're only here when what I are miss because he's not he, he's only there when I miss <laughs> that's it every and then I'll, I'll I think one last week I made like three straight days of bang 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 but he wasn't there I think because he covers the Sounders <laughs> as well so he was doing a lot of pre-Sounders maybe it was two weeks ago whatever it was and then I, he shows up after the Sounders win and I miss first shot and he's like oh dude I never seen you make one I'm like my man you was gone all last week uh, and I was just draining him anyway I say that say that you never know what Pete's gonna do like one last one year in 2017 he just one day he walks in super hype because pete uh has every day of the week has got like a a, a theme wednesday is competition right. wednesday, no turnover thursday, wednesday turnover thursday yeah it's like i forget what friday is uh and then there's a um, monday is a uh, tell the truth monday and so competition wednesday he comes in he's like all right you guys i'm fired up uh we're gonna have uh bob condota that's the seattle times guy and uh, curtis crabtree uh kgr the radio station here and he just has them do a 30 second shoot off right before the press conference starts. He's just like, you guys, get up, get up, get up, pick a rebounder, go. We're going to go right now, start the clock, get the Space Jam music going, and he just impromptu shooting contest. I have a video of it somewhere. I think the radio guy, no, Bob at the Times won. Uh, but it was just like stuff like that, man. That's you never awesome. know. Like one day one day I'm just watching practice, and uh, they're doing like kickoff or something like that. He turns around. He's like, hey, Mike, you ever played football? I'm just like, nah, nah, my mom wouldn't, mom wouldn't let me, which, which she didn't. Uh, and he asked the other guy, rider next to me, and then he just kind of went back to it. And I turned to the rider. I was like, dude, good thing we said no. I think he was about to put us on kickoff. <laughs> like, we, we were both really small, man. We would only, we're not, we're not built to be, to be gunners. But yeah, now Pete's a pretty, pretty fun dude. Just last week, uh, so I was wearing like a burnt orange hoodie. And the other guy next to me, that same writer actually, was wearing like an orange like sweater as well. And you know, Pete can't really stand burnt orange because of the national championship when he lost to Vince right. Young. Right. So every like three questions in a row, he just didn't answer. He just looked at us and was like, "Dude, you guys in the front row with your burnt orange, you're just you're, you're throwing me off." Like he did it like three questions in a row. There's a video of it somewhere on a team site. Like Pete, Pete is really fun to cover, and it helps obviously that they're winning games. If they were losing games, he probably wouldn't care what the hell my sweatshirt said, <laughs> right? But sure, because sure. they're winning and because he's been doing this for so long he's got the spirit of a of a 30 year old it's it's really fun that's amazing and so so different uh than here in minnesota where i certainly cannot imagine mike zimmer doing any of those things you just <laughs> mentioned uh let's let's look more sort of football based and you know i'm sure there are some fans who want to know a bit more about the seahawks so this defense is very different from the legion of boom uh, but still has a lot of really good players. Wagner, Clowney. Um, what you know? What have you made of the defense so far? Where are they at? Where are they? You know, especially good. Where, what are some of their weaknesses? Just give us a summary of the defense. Uh, well, last year was like the first year with like no Legion of Boom uh, kind of founders at all. Earl broke his leg in week four, so the whole rest of the time it was it was just up and down. Like some weeks they were super super bad, and then like. 
after two games, actually one of them against the Vikings, they got the the opposing offensive coordinator fired. Uh, I think the Packers <laughs> might have fired their guy, uh, or maybe McCarthy just got fired. I can't remember. Uh, but then, yeah, obviously Vikings do got fired too, and it was just like that's so strange because the Seahawks defense was not good uh, last year. You know, it had like two or three good players. And then that was it. And then this year was a little bit of the same story, man. They gave up 400 yards to Andy Dalton. They gave up 400 yards, like 460, I think, to Matt Schaub, uh, like 395 to Jameis. And it was just like, dude, what is this isn't Legion of Boom like at all, you know? And then they had to, like, fix their pass rush. They had they had Jadavian Clowney on the team and Jaron Reed, who had 10 and a half sacks last year, and Ziggy Ansah and a first-round pick. Uh, as a on the D line, and we're getting no sacks. It was just no pressure. It was just just awful. And then all of a sudden, they've just turned it around. Uh, Clowney took you know took over that Monday night football game against the the Niners, and Jimmy G looked flustered. And then they they beat the snot out of Carson Wentz uh, last week. So now I, it's a complete turnaround. I think for the first time they have a complete defense because they've always been good against the run. Only one running back has topped 100 yards against them, and that was Nick Chubb. Uh, I mean, unless you want to count Lamar Jackson, but I'm careful about calling him a running back. He doesn't seem to like that. Uh, so, like, since <laughs> uh, since the 49ers game and the, uh, the the Eagles game, man, they've completely turned it around. I kind of expect them to be as dominant as they were actually last year against the Vikings, one of their best games of the year when they just kind of shut Kirk down. I think he thought there was, like, 12 dudes on the field at one point because he just couldn't throw. I think I expect that kind of effort now from the rest of the season because they've kind of flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think the tough task for all of these teams that go up against the Vikings offense, especially now that it's hitting, you know, the way that Kevin Stefanski planned is not only do they have to slow Dalvin Cook, who, you know, arguably is arguably is the best running back in the NFL. Uh, but as you mentioned, the Seahawks have been very good there. The other challenge is when you have both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs healthy as it seems the Vikings will for this game, trying to figure out how to slow them down. So what do you think the Seahawks will do uh, going up against Diggs and Thielen? You know, last year, like I mentioned, why part of why it was their best game is not just because they got to Kirk, man. Like Shaq did a re- Shaquille Griffin, who's in the number one corner, did a really good job uh, on D- Thielen. I looked. I just looked at my story from last year. Actually, I tracked every time they were lined up against each other, and I think uh, Adam had one catch against Shaq, uh, and I think he only had like seventy yards and got like thirty-five of them on a screen pass uh, in, the for- in the fourth quarter. So uh, they did a really good job on those guys. They basically how they decided to handle it was look. They have they have uh, whatever Thielen's number is. And they, I think it's nineteen, and they have fourteen. Yep. We're not gonna let them beat us. Let's force eight to throw it to really honestly anyone else uh but those two and that was kind of the plan and, and it worked so i imagine that's what they'll they'll do again it's like hey we can't let these dudes beat us because they will you know i still contend that that's the best receiving duo in the league and honestly it's probably not even that close like Thielen and Diggs are two of the best <laughs> route runners in the league two of the best receivers in the league like i could see why they were so frustrated early in the year like dude throw me the ball <laughs> you know like i'm i'm good at it you know Diggs like look i'm not gonna come to work till you throw me the ball that was one of my favorite stories uh <laughs> of the year what do you know that they start throwing the ball and, and Kirk's tearing it up <laughs> yeah man i but yeah, you can see the frustration it was, it, was, crazy. it was amazing uh but yeah i think i think the game plan there will be very similar like look obviously stopping the run is first but like when kirk does have to throw they're gonna be like look you're not throwing it to 14 uh and you're not throwing to deal and that's just not what's gonna happen i mean obviously they'll get they'll get their passes but going in i can almost guarantee that that's the plan 
Yep. Michael Schott's got to get to Seahawks practice soon, but before we let him go, we got two more questions for you. The first, uh, we're going to get a prediction for you at the end, but I guess we'll give you some time to think about that. While you think about it, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food, side dish, dessert? Um, could be a tradition, whatever, wherever you want to go with it. Favorite part of Thanksgiving? Oh, that's a good question. Well, my favorite part, if we don't count the food, is the nap that I take. Okay. After I eat, because, oh, my goodness, that that's a special nap because Thanksgiving is usually at my grandma's house, so I can just go find a chair downstairs and just fall asleep to whatever the night game yep. is. That's usually – that's a special right. nap. That's, there's no sleep like uh, like uh, after you uh, get a full plate of food, man. That's great. I'd say in terms of yeah, the best I like food, that. I got to go with, with mac and cheese, man. My, my grandma Ooh. and actually uh, my cousin, she makes some of the – the best mac and cheese she puts like four different cheeses in it uh oh it's it's just it looks so great it should be on one of those food porn pages on instagram like yep. maybe i should have her do that this year because she doesn't have instagram maybe i'll do it for because it's it's so great <laughs> yeah that's 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 definitely the the part i look forward to that's awesome uh and then lastly before we wrap up what is your game prediction and i'll give you a second to think about it while i give you mine i don't know if i have a final score yet but i do think that the Seahawks probably win this one. I've been just so, so impressed with Russell Wilson and, and what he's been able to do. Tyler Lockett making plays. Um, big fan of what the Seahawks have been able to do. I think that they have a case to make for even being the best team in the NFC. Um, you know, surely San Francisco has something to say about that. But uh, I think that they're one, maybe two even in, in the conference. So uh, I think I'll pick the Seahawks probably by four points or so. Let's see. I'm expecting something ugly like last week. Last week was really ugly. You remember the first half was just a mess. I can't remember what the score mm-hmm. was. Maybe like six nothing or something. It was disgusting. It ended up being like twenty one to seven uh, by the end, but it was it was not a traditional twenty one to to seven. I'm gonna pick. I'll take the Seahawks as well in something close. Probably like mm, like nineteen to seventeen. Uh, I would say real, real close, man, because I have a lot of respect, and Pete Carroll does as well for the Vikings defense. Like I went back and watched the tape of that game uh, over the summer for a story I was working on, and they were just locking dudes down, man. Russ was he was scared of throwing at, uh, at Harrison Smith. He didn't want to throw at uh, uh, at Rhodes at all. It, it was a uh, it was very impressive work by that by that defense, man. So uh, I think Chris Carson just had like an okay game that year. I think he might have fumbled. Uh, as well so I, I respect the Vikings defense and Russ does too and it's gonna that's gonna muck the game up uh, a lot so yeah I'd say something close I don't know what the spread is right now but one of my hashtags on Twitter is never gamble so I won't tease the listeners like that but I'll go <laughs> I'll go nineteen seventeen Seahawks oh yeah that's ugly all right well that's Michael Sean Dugar thank you so much uh for joining the show you can read all of his work at The Athletic and get prepped Uh, over your Thanksgiving holiday for Viking Seahawks and what should be a great game. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the Straight Cash Podcast.